Welcome, fans, to a special live edition of the Cheap Heat Productions Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jack Kilby, Executive Vice President of Great North Wrestling, and we are truly blessed tonight to have a man who is a legendary figure in the wrestling business, a former Intercontinental Champion, and so much more has hit so many major, major milestones in this business Mr. Ahmed Johnson. But before we get to him, Tony Norris, before we get to him, I'd like to introduce, of course, the man who is the guru, the the, the man behind Cheap Heat, the channel, the man, Maurice. Maurice, how are you tonight, sir? Thanks very much, Jack, for those kind words. But the man in the middle is who we've been looking to talk to for a while and Tony, we're going to start off because I know you and Jack had a, a conversation off camera mm-hmm. that your name has been in the wrestling news lately due to some interesting and frankly harsh comments from Booker T. So do you want to respond to that or what's kind of brought all this to the forefront again? Yeah, well, first of all, I don't know what brought us to the forefront, but he really pissed me off, man, when he started talking all that trash and calling me, he called me scum. First of yep. all, he acts like he know me. He don't even know me. When I met him, I was probably about 25 or 26 years old. And uh, he just got out of prison. And um, just the junk he was talking is nonsense. The fact that I didn't you know get the trial with the Cowboys, the fact that uh, whatever else he said, I don't remember. But he acted like he know me. He didn't meet me until I was 25. Or somewhere around there. I, I'm not sure what my age was. I don't know it was close. But um, a scum to me is somebody who's been to prison for robbing some robbing the, a, a, the store he worked at. These people provided for him. And he tried to rob them. And you're going to call me a scum? No, brother. He need to recheck that. He's a scum. And um, it just really teed me off, man, when I heard him talking all that trash. Now, I knew a guy that was in his pod as far as in, in prison with him, and he told me some very interesting stuff about Mr. Huffman, whatever you want to call himself, Booker T, or whatever you call himself, but, you know, I'm not even going to go there, what I've heard, but if uh, he starts running mouth again, then I'm going to go there. And the only reason I'm not going there is because I respect his brother. Me and Stevie used to be real, real tight, man. And um, I got the utmost respect for Stevie. So I'm not going to go there what I heard about Booker T yet. But if I decide to go there, I'll call you guys, and you guys will be the first ones to know. But um, I don't know why he, you know, went off on me or anything. But what? why, why is... Why has he brought this up now after all these years? Like what 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 is the underlying issue there in your opinion? I'm not I'm not sure what the underlying issue is in in my in my opinion. I'm I don't know why he decided to go there. I have no idea. But all I'm saying to him is he need to check himself. I I served my country in the military. I didn't go around robbing people to try to get ahead. I went into the military and he goes around robbing people. 
and, and then the time he was in prison, I was still up in Florida where I was, you know, raised at. And so what he acts like he knows my background, that boy don't know nothing about me. Nothing. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, an out of uh, the the blue sort of uh, statement to make, con considering uh, the amount of time that has that has passed and his involvement with uh, with with WWE. Was there any uh, animosity? I know you worked together in in WCW uh, briefly, and, and you touched on your your team with uh, the great Stevie Ray. Was there any animosity during uh, your period in? In WCW or other otherwise, that would uh, be linked to this. Well, I I don't think he ever liked me because me and Stevie Ray, when he was in prison, me and Stevie Ray became real tight, and you no, know, we 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 did a lot of stuff together. And um, when Booker got out of prison, I don't know what his deal was, but I don't think he liked me from day one. And I don't know why. But uh, he got me real messed up. Then he made a statement of something. I smiled at him at the airport. I don't even smile at my own pictures. What am I smiling at him at the airport for? He looked at me. I looked at him. And that was about as far as that went. Me smiling at him. What like smiling at another man? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's maybe something he's used to. But, hey, to each his own. And he talking about uh, he wanted uh, uh, like he was going to do something to me. We both live in Houston, Texas. He lives in Corpus Christi, I believe. And um, if he ever wants to do something, my I already talked to one of my instructors at the dojo. He said he will give us a dojo for free, so we can go in and dojo and we can fight till we red all over. But if he wants, you know, to, to settle this, I, I got the place in the time. Is that is that a challenge then? Oh, it's definitely a challenge. For sure. If he said he wanted to, it's not like he said he wanted a piece of me or something. I don't know what all he said. But the friend of mine uh, hit me to what was going on, and he sent me the video. And I was just shocked with everybody else. But if he wants some of me, brother, I got the place and I got the time. Yeah, there's someone in the comments here was saying Tony that um, Booker doesn't like Tony because he wanted to practice power bombs, and Booker T said he wanted to take Tony outside, and Stevie Ray said no. According that was according to Booker T in his video last week. That that's not that's not true at all. That's not true at all. We we got into it one time in uh, Ivan Pussy's school, but I don't remember being over a power bomb or anything. And he's, you know, I, I want to tell him, well, when we get done, we can go outside and settle this. And we never really get to settle it. So if he want to do it now, bro, that's fine with me. Apparently, he also said that you were not in a gang and that you didn't play for the Cowboys. Exactly. All you got to do is look it up. And as far as being in the gang, I was a kid when I was in the gang. Booker, how would Booker know? That I wasn't in the gang when I was a kid. I lived in Florida and he lived in Texas. Well, he was in prison in Texas. How would he know who I ran with back in the days? 
he had, there's no way he would know that. And I got some game, some of my, my ex members that would tell him that I ran with some gangs. But he was in prison down here in Texas. How would he know? But like I said, if you keep running from out, I'm going to go deep on him and tell some secrets that I heard about him in prison. So for the for the moment, then we'll 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 rest those comments to the side because we want to talk about some obviously some stuff into your career. But you pretty much laid it out there that you know if if Booker has got a problem with you, you've got a time, you've got a place. The challenge is there. Exactly. Exactly. You want to take it away, Jack? Well, I I, I wanted to ask you right off the hop that um you you had a a, a training experience under uh ivan putsky joe blanchard yeah. and and scott casey i understand and and wanted to know what that was like given the the fact that each of them bring or brought uh, a a different sort of perspective to to the business how, how was your training experience initially see when i was there uh Blanchard and um, Scott Casey wasn't there. It was just Ivan, Ivan and Scott Pusky that was training us. And um, Ivan Pusky, man, he trained you hard. He's a shooter. And when Ivan trained you, brother, I mean, he trains you hard. And his 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 punches are hard. His kicks are hard. And that's where he trained us the old school way. Did you, when, was there a moment in time that you, you decided that you'd like to pursue wrestling? I know you had an athletic background, but what, what were the circumstances that led you to uh, pursue that as a career, sir? Well, um, after I got the military, man, I was looking for something else to do. You know what I'm saying? And um, Stevie Ray was a wrestling fanatic. I mean, he, he was an encyclopedia wrestling. He always wanted to do it. And being that, you know, we were partners, I said, yeah, man, if you want to do it, I'll, I'll go with you. And I did it, do it with you. So I went with Stevie and we did it together. But it was, it was Stevie's ideal, you know, to get involved with, with the wrestling thing. And are you, are you and Stevie still close to this day? Are you guys in contact? Well, I haven't talked to him in a while, man, so I, I don't know. It's yeah. been a while since I contacted him, and you know that's his brother, but you know, Booker Huffman is yeah. his brother. So um, I don't know, you know, if he's pissed at me too, because me and his brother's getting it on. But um, I don't know. But Stevie's always been there, man. He's always had my back, always had his back, man. I got nothing but praise to say about Stevie. Nothing but yeah. praise. Yeah, and of course, you guys. I know I'm jumping kind of ahead here, but you and Stevie did have the the Harlem Heat 2.0 thing going on in WCW for a while as well, and maybe that brought on some potential jealousy. I don't know. Maybe I don't. I don't know either. Maybe, but even when I went WCW, I didn't really want to go at first. Like I said, I was out of shape. I was, uh, man, I got tired walking from the the curtain to the ring. I was tired, and. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really something I was looking forward to doing again, getting back in the ring. But when Stevie called, I mean, that, that, that was my boy, man. I mean, we, we fought in the streets together. 
with against people. We've done it all, man. So when Stevie called, I was like, yeah, you know, if you need me, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember you from I, I told you before we we done it. We had a short podcast before and um, you were the very first action figure I ever got. WWF action figure in <laughs> when I was very, very young and in the little blue ring. Jack, you might remember the blue wrestling rings that came out. Yeah. And uh, you were the sure. first action figure I had. But I always remember you like being 98 Royal Rumble was when I when I think I first seen you. And just remember that fantastic shape, fantastic athlete. Um, if I could pluck some matches or moments from your career, one of them that stands out to a lot of people is remember the work you were doing with, with Goldust when you guys <laughs> were fighting together. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, was there any kind of backlash or kind of from the guys when you know when he kissed you and they done all that stuff and that angle was that kind of hard for you to do or was that something you were open to doing no what what happened was we rehearsed it and okay. Goldust was supposed to put his hand over my mouth like this yeah and kiss his hand but it was live tv and he knew i couldn't get up you know and mess up the, the, the script so he decided to do it for real and um you know, Goldust is man a, a, a ace man to work with. He and that's just what he is. He's just a funny guy, and he's always pulling ribs on people. You know, that's yeah. Goldust. What did you say to them when you got when you got back? Um, he it was funny. I guess he thought I was mad for real because when I got back to the back, he had already packed up and left. <laughs> so I guess he thought I was mad for real, and I, and I really wasn't. Yeah, Brilliant. you know. So, uh, yeah, go go dust, man. He, he's a, he's a diamond, man. In in terms of uh, going back uh, uh, quite a bit, uh, I first uh, became aware of your work when you were a part of the Global Wrestling Federation. Yes, and and that whole uh, mythology that surrounds that uh, that organization. What? How did you hook up with them, and do you have any recollections of working in the, the the famous Dallas Sportatorium, which will be heavily featured in the upcoming movie on the Von Erichs, The Iron Claw? Well, I um, got a, a, a call from them and asked me to come up, you know, and basically do some matches, and I did. And the match that I did was um, me and Bradshaw had a match, man, that was a heck of a match, man. We were co-lining each other, and we were going at it. And um, I had a match with Michael Hayden and Freebirds. And when I, we got done, Michael Hayes said, you know, man, I'm going to get you up to WWF, man. You need to be up to WWF. And, you know, you hear that a lot. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that from people. But uh, he kept his word, man, and he got me to for a tryout. And from there, the rest was history. One of the other uh, the individuals that that you worked there that I that I wanted to get your uh, impressions on was uh, the the late uh, gentleman Chris Adams. Did did he and he had a reputation for being uh, you know a, a good trainer, of course, trained Steve Austin yes. amongst others. What were your experiences working with him, and did you learn a lot from him uh, in in the ring? Yes, I, I worked a, a few times with Chris Adams in the ring for just training purposes 
And uh, yeah, man, he he was a heck of a trainer. And somebody that reminds me of him is Al Snow. Al Snow is one heck of a trainer, man. And him, Jim Chris Adams, I mean, they both were just super trainers, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we touched on this before. Um, as I said, we we kind of had a few technical problems in the last podcast. But when you were describing to me the environment of a backstage WWF, you said to me it was like street gangs. So like we didn't really get to discuss it in detail last time. But what did you kind of mean by that statement? Well, everybody had their their like cliques or their group they hung out with. Yeah. And I was more of a loner. You know, I kind of hung out with myself and, and did things, you know, by myself because I really didn't want to get caught up in any of these little clicks that were going on. But, um, yeah, it was it was like everybody was, was clicked up, man. Everybody had their own little group that they hung out with. Mm. And, you know, I don't think that was a good thing because being that you have to, you know, perform with these other people, it's like you want to make friends with them. But yeah. know, everybody had their, their clicks, man. Yeah. Do you have any memories of working with the, or meeting even backstage with The Undertaker? Or what was he like with you? Oh, he was cool, man. Undertaker was, was cool as ice, man. Um, the little bit of work we did do together, man, he was, I mean, very professional very, you know, willing to, to work with you and, and do, although he was, you know, the king, he was willing to do, you know, whatever you want to do in the ring. I mean, he, he was a good guy, man. Yeah. And and along those lines, you worked uh, a young uh, Kane as Isaac Yankum in 96. Did you have any idea that he would, uh, you know, blossom into the, the Hall of Famer that, that, that he did and had such a, a tremendous career? Well, I, I kind of did because, I mean, he came out as an Undertaker's brother. Anything connected with Undertaker is going to be big. You know what I'm saying? It, it's going to be huge if you can connect with Undertaker. And uh, coming out as Undertaker's brother, it was good. And Kane was a good a good performer too, man. He He's a heck of a performer. And um, I think that's the first time I ever got beat was by Kane. Oh, yeah, first time my man Johnson got beat was by Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll obviously touch on the, the, the IC. Go ahead, Jack. Well, I, I was I was just gonna follow up with um your your memories of your debut on Raw, and, and a lot of fans remember how you were a part of that open. When you were uh, you fought a guy, a Canadian by the name of uh, Jake Steele, and you gave him the your finisher, the Pearl River Plunge, and yeah. that was a part of the Raw Open for years. What what was uh, your Raw debut like? It was it was obviously something that that uh, the office was happy with to make uh, that uh, open out of it. He uh, first of all, Jake was was amazing to work with, and um, it was. Um, I mean, come up there, man, and see all the people out there cheering you on. And, 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 you know, they didn't even know who I was. And they were cheering me on. Because when I first started with the WWF, Vince never told me if I was going to be a babyface or a heel. 
he basically said, I'm going to just throw you out there and let's see what the crowd does. And the crowd went crazy. You know, they, they, they loved me. So we, I became, I guess, a baby face at that point, but I didn't wrestle like a baby face. I wrestled yeah. like a heel. Mm. Mm. You, you, you touched on him there, uh, Tony, Vince McMahon. Did he ever give you any advice towards your character or do you, does anything stand to mind about working with him? No, you know, Vince didn't really give me any advice on my character. It was like he loved what I was doing. He loved the intensity that I had, you know, which you can't find anywhere else. I mean, a lot of people have tried it, but they're not able to, to do it, you know, get that intensity going. But uh, Vince just loved the way I, I, I worked and the way I looked, man. And he didn't really give me any guidance as far as, you know, what I was supposed to do or say. Even on my promos, he never told me what to say. He just threw me out there and was like, go for it. You were a part of uh, a rather infamous uh, tour in 96 of Kuwait, uh, the Kuwait Cup uh, yes. tour. And and I wanted to get your your memories of that in terms of the the incident with uh, with uh, Leon White Vader that uh, caused such a, an uproar. Man, I don't know what Vader was thinking, man. I I, I really don't. But um, he pushed the guy, or, uh, grabbed the guy, or something, and they um, locked him in his room. Man, he couldn't come out the room. Like they had security at the door to make sure he didn't come out the room, and they were going to press charges on him, and he would have been locked up down there and i would hate to see big vader you know a big white guy in a prison full of kuwaitis i i don't think it would have went over very well did you did you find him yeah did you find him tough to work with tony a lot of people have kind of mixed stories on vader being overly aggressive for saying the ring no you know i i enjoy the way he was over aggressive i enjoyed the fact that when he was hitting me, he really laid him in there. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a snug type of worker anyway. So it was like he was snug and I was snug. And before the match, I remember him coming back in the locker room when I was getting dressed. And uh, he said, um, brother, he said, when we go out here, he said, I'm going to lay him in there on you. And I thought he was just playing with me. I thought he was, you know, just saying that, just me saying it. And we went out there, brother, and he laid him in there on me. So I laid him in there back on him and he didn't complain. He didn't cry like most guys. He uh just it was just a big shoot match. Yeah. We've got a, a fan question here from uh Ibzan is asking, did D'Lo Brown confront you when he saw you at the ECW arena last month for months? He was talking about talking on how he supposedly beat you up, which is exactly. He didn't even look my way, man. We were at an autograph sign and uh, he passed the table twice and he didn't even look my way. You know, what I thought was kind of odd. I mean, here you are, you, you claiming you beat me up. So why didn't you look my way? You know, but no, he didn't, he, man, he didn't say a word to me. Nothing. The wrestling business. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It, it you, notice, you notice that rumor didn't start until I left. If when I left WWF, 
the rumor that that rumor started, and I was like, "That is such bull!" And why would they wait till I leave? Because come on now, you knew. I mean, you guys know if D'Lo would have beat me up, it would have been on every dirt sheet. Everybody around the whole region would have heard about it. Vince would have made him champion instead of me. So I mean, that I don't know where that came from, brother. Yeah. Ibsen is also say, saying there that you've got a story of a rib that Owen Hart pulled on you at WrestleMania. Yeah, he, he put a good one on me, man. He was, um, you know, we thought WrestleMania, and I had been doing, you know, my rounds with, you know, shows and little talk shows here and there. And then I was in my room one day, and the phone rang. And um, they said, this is Jay Little show. And I was like, Jay Leno, this this is cool. And he was asking me a bunch of questions, you know, and telling me, you know, he would love to have me on and this, that, another. And um, so I thought the next day I was going to Jay Leno's show. So I went out and brought me a suit, brought me some new <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I went out and brought everything new, man. And um, I'm standing outside all dressed up, man, waiting for the limousine to pick me up. And then Owen and Davey comes out and they're like, what are you dressed up for? Where are you going? I said, I got the Jay Leno show tonight. And he said, that's bullshit, man. You got Jay Leno show and we couldn't even, we've been here for over 15 years and we didn't get to do Jay Leno show any talk show. And they would just, you know, act like they were mad about it. And like I told them, hey, take it up with Vince. If you got a problem, take it up with Vince. And then nine o'clock came and my limb was supposed to be there at nine. So Owen comes to me and said, your limo's running late, ain't it? And I was like, yeah. Then I thought, wait a minute, how in the hell did you know my limo was running late? And then when I told him that, they just fell on the ground laughing, man. Him, and then Brett came out, and Brett almost fell on the bushes laughing. I mean, it was, it was hilarious, man. <laughs> but, you know, those guys, you can't get mad at them. Yeah. They just like playing ha-has. And then Brett told me, you know, he said, I know that uh, Owen and Baby pull a lot of ribs on you. He said, but let me tell you something. They don't rib people they don't like. If they don't like you, they won't play with you or, or rib you like that. Yeah. So, man, you know, I have the utmost respect for Owen, rest in peace, you know, and Davey. Mm-hmm. Wanted to, to ask you your uh, what, some of the most memorable moments that you had in WWF, notwithstanding your 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 title run, etc., was when you teamed with Hawk and Animal, uh, the Road Warriors. C- can you talk about any uh, any of those experiences? Yeah, that but man, that was a, a dream come true. You know, I've been seeing them on TV and watch the Road Warriors and get to team up with them, brother. That that was a blessing, man. That was a dream come true. And then um, me and um, Hulk kept doing, little, we did little independent shows together. He would call me and ask me where I teamed with him, and so I wouldn't and tagged up with him for a while. And um, they were just amazing, man. I mean, Hulk was. Hulk was a, was a super guy, man. Super guy. Mm-hmm. Gone too soon. Yeah. We got another uh, fan question uh, saying, tell the hosts on how cool was Hawk when he gave you the new Japan jacket after the match of the Chicago street fight at WrestleMania 13. All right. Some smart fans out there. Ain't it? Yeah. Hawk yeah, exactly. Um, you, yeah. you know, when we got done with the match, um, 
we was back in the locker room and, and Hulk, you know, said, do you, do you, do you want this? And it was his new Japan jacket. And I'm like, yeah, that, I'll definitely take it. So he just, he just gave it to me, man, out of, you know, a friendship type of deal, you know? Well, he was, he was a good guy, man. Where does the, obviously it was very significant, the Intercontinental title run being the first black man to hold the belt. Does that stand up as your proudest moment in the business overall? Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Well, you know, like I said, when I won the belt, I I wasn't doing it for one specific color. I was yeah. doing it for all the fans that had supported me and been behind me because when I won the belt, we were in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is one of the widest places you're going to be. I mean, they stood on their feet and clapped and really gave me a lot of praise, man. And I, and I appreciate that. And it woke me up to the business as far as I'm not here just to be a black wrestler. I'm here to yeah. entertain people. And it, it, it changed my mind, man, about the way I thought about, you know, the wrestling gimmicks. Yeah. Did you ever think, or was there ever any discussion about you going for the, the world heavyweight championship and having a run with that? Yes. Before I got hurt, I was supposed to go for the world championship. We had already got it, you know, planned. And, um, it was going to be, I think me and against Sean, but, um, we had already had it planned out and talked about it and everything. And it's just that, you know, I got hurt and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And he, he's a polarizing character as well, Sean. Do you have any experiences you had with him? Um, <laughs> Sean, Sean was Sean. I mean, Sean thought he ran the whole show. You know, he, he thought that he ran the Kit Kabuto. And, and I, I don't, you know, really deal with Sean. When when you look at the product today, you were a part of. I mean, we're sitting here talking decades later about about the business, and you're such a memorable uh, figure in the in the minds of the fans because of just how great uh, the the product was. You know, be it WWF, WCW, etc. When when do you watch the current uh, product with WWE or AEW or? Or do you do you avoid it? And if you do, do you, do you have any thoughts on um, why? Although you know economically they're they're doing, especially WWE is doing so well. The a lot of the fans are are not satisfied creatively with the product that they see on their on their TVs. Well, I think one of their first mistakes was they stopped using jobbers, and it seems like every match in WWE is a main event match or could be a main event match. And before they would build you up with jobbers and, you know, then you hit the big time after, you know, you beat a few jobbers up. And I think that's taking the job away from some of the guys out there who were just starting out, you know, and, and trying to make it. They can't be seen as much now. And I think they need to go back to bringing jobbers in. And um, I, I watch it every once in a blue moon. And the thing about it is, it was the Attitude Era. They'll never be able to bring that back. 
And to me, that's when WWF was at its finest. It's the Attitude Era. Mm. Another fine question there in relation to a lady that I assume you crossed paths with her. Jack, you can read that there if you like. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to know about your thoughts on Sonny and that uh, sensing this week uh, as you were in the company at uh, at the same time. And he said, you told her on air live on Raw, my mom says to throw the trash out and not to touch it, which was, of course, funny. Yeah, I said that my, my mom said, take the trash out, never bring it in. And um, <laughs> it seemed to be true, you know. And, <laughs> and I think that, that I think she got off with a life sentence, man, being that she had so many DUI before and she killed somebody this time. Yeah. I couldn't understand how she got off so lightly. You know, that, that, I mean, I can see if it was just an accident or something, but you've been busted many times with the, you know, DUIs and then to kill somebody and, you know, take that man or person away from their family and you get only 17 years that I don't understand that. Did you, did you have, uh, uh, would you say a positive or negative experience working with her when you did? Well, I didn't really deal with her at all. I mean, aside that, you know, when I had to talk on an interview or something with her outside of that, I didn't deal with Sonny at all. Hmm. Yeah. Um, thoughts on going to WCW then? We kind of touched on it earlier, but how did it how did it come about the move over? Was it kind of Stevie, as you alluded to earlier, kind of had a role there for you and you, you came over on the word of Stevie Ray? Yes. Stevie um, was the reason I was there. Like I said, I, I wasn't in shape. I wasn't ready to go there. I was, you know, basically through it, been in the ring. And, but when Stevie called you know, like I said, back then, that was my boy. And when he yeah. called, I, you know, like, heck, yeah. I mean, tag team with you. I mean, we've been tag teaming in the streets against people the whole time. But I'm yeah. like, you know, tag team with you, I would definitely do. Yeah. And was that environment much different backstage to the WWF street gang environment? Well, I wouldn't exactly. They were like, you know close to a street game, WWF, it was just, you know, Sean had the pull, you know, he had all the pull, so he got his little group together, then you had the nation, you know, who hung out with basically the nation, and then you had Los Barricas, then you had DOA, it seemed like they were trying to go for a gang vibe, but, um, no, nah, I wouldn't say they were they were a gang. According to Booker T, he I guess he lived with me in Florida. So I mean I've never been in the gang according to him. <laughs> in terms of uh WCW uh at uh, you were you were there in those in the, the later years of of the company. Did you did you have plans uh for uh some of the success perhaps mirroring the success that you had in the wwf or were you ever in the the hunt there for the world title or or how did that uh, how did your departure come about 
No, I, I wasn't in the hunt for world title or anything. I, I was, like I said, I was somebody who really shouldn't have been there because I was, you know, like I said, I was out of shape, you know, and uh, it, it, I just didn't feel it. Like I put it in WWL. I, I really didn't feel it. The thing about WCW guys were, I mean, they were some tough guys. And um, they basically, you know, most of them kind of kept their own little, you know, groups too. And I, I you know, I, I didn't like that. But WCW was totally different than WWL. Thought we lost Crazy. you there for a second, but, but you're you're back. Um, back. Any any memories then, um, Tony, of working with uh, Eric Bischoff in WCW? What was he like? Well, he never gave me any any tough times or anything. He seemed to be pretty cool with me, you know. As far as coolness go, with me, I heard a lot of rumors about him, but uh, he seemed like he was pretty cool, man. Yeah. The w when WCW closed and uh, you know the folks went their ways, did you ever have uh, an opportunity to rejoin, or were you ever thinking of rejoining uh, WWE uh, sometime thereafter, or was was that not in the the cards for you? No, I would. When I was when I left, I was through with with the business. You know what I'm saying? I had had enough of it. I had my share of it. Um, I had enough of the business, and um, I, I I was done. Yeah. What's 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 day to day life like for you now, Tony? Like, what do you do, and how is the body from all the years of rest? And like, how how are you holding up? Uh, I didn't hear you broke up. You're breaking up. Sorry, I just I was just saying there. What's what's day to day life like for you now, and how is the body after all the the years of being in the ring? Beat up. <laughs> yeah. Sore. Beat up. But uh, you know, I I thank God for the experience and that I had in professional wrestling. I I thank God for it. It was you know a pretty good time, and um. Right now, I'm just, you know, I work for an old company called Dresser Rand. And uh, I'm doing great, man. I, I love it. Excellent. I mean, what, the money's uh, not as good as WWL, but <laughs> it's a pretty good paycheck, nevertheless. You can think time you work for the oil industry, they pay pretty good. And, and not nearly as hard on the body. But before yeah. we let you go, I want, to th I want to thank you for being so generous with your time tonight. What uh, message do you have for, again, I touched on it earlier, but, you know, the the numerous fans of, of the Attitude Era that remember you and appreciate your, your work and your contributions during that peak period that we're never going to see again, as you pointed out. Right. Only thing I tell you, them fans is, man, I appreciate their support. Uh it really changed my mind about society and the way I grew up. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're out there performing and you got to, you know, remember 90% of the people out there were white people. 
and they cheer you on and, and, and celebrate you. And, and that just changed my mind about a whole lot of things from growing up. Where can the, the folks, do you have anything upcoming to, to plug or uh, in terms of uh, wrestling signings, appearances, and uh, where can folks keep up with you if they can on social media? Um, I got, they can contact me on Facebook or my Instagram. And um, I got a, a event coming up in California, which I love. But I got an event coming to California, and that, that would be my next event, I believe. And I'm not sure on the date, so I can't give the dates because I'm not sure on them yet. Yeah, but people can keep an eye on your on your Facebook page where you're constantly kind of updating right. where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah. So well, I would like once to again, I want to tell Booker T, brother, I got the I got a dojo for us. If you want to, you know, get to the streets with this, let's do it. Because, you know, I didn't appreciate what he said. And before you call somebody a scum, look at your past and then really know who the scum is. You know, I, I don't know too many people that even, you know, follow an ex-convict. You know, you he went and I went to the military and served my country and he's the type of people that we try to protect country against. So, uh, that's basically all I got to say about it. And, and if he come up, you know, again with it, I'm going to have to tell what I heard from one of his, his cell buddies. And it's not pretty. Well, we are going to keep in touch, Ahmed. And, and if there's if there's any developments along those lines, we will definitely uh, be interested in having you back to speak your piece. We'll, we'll see how uh, Booker, and if Booker responds to he will definitely he will say. definitely see this. He will definitely see this. That's for sure. Oh, we yeah. can promise you that. Indeed. But until then, I want to thank you for your time tonight, and we will definitely keep in touch and, and uh, direct the fans to your social media to keep up with your appearances and everything that's going on. Thank you for coming on the Cheap Heat Productions Wrestling Podcast tonight, sir. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me, man. Absolute pleasure, Tony. Thanks so much. No problem. Until next time, fans, have a great evening.